podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's, it's a full-on party in the streets of England, man. It's like they won the World Cup. It's crazy. Everybody is singing. They're, they're going on tables. Like, about almost every bar I went to, the guys are just playing music, dancing on the tables and everything. It's crazy. All right. This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name's Daniel. What's going on? It's your boy, WH Half Hope, man. We have our eight, and then there were eight. Let's let's get our begging out of the way first. Why not? Um, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics, Instagram, Facebook, um, Talking Tactics. Yep. Follow us on SoundCloud if you haven't already. Follow us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Just type in Talking Tactics and subscribe if you have an Apple device. Um, leave a five star review, and in episode one hundred and one, which will happen after the World Cup, we will read all the reviews. Have a big review. Like, oh, there's big news that we're probably not going to talk about on this podcast. But have you heard about this Ronaldo to Juventus perhaps happening? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we will talk about that after the World Cup, I guess. We'll just have a big, unless it happens, then maybe we'll have to come in here and do like an emergency communication. Oh, no, no, like no, 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 no. If, no, if, no. If it actually does happen, we have to do like, <laughs> yeah, 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 a, yeah. dedicated to it because that's like, that's huge. Yeah, that's huge. You know? Um, But yeah, so that's the club football news that's happening. But all right. So, yeah, man. And then there were eight, as you say. Um. Round of 16 was pretty good, I, I thought. Like, the group stages were great. And then the worry was, okay, once it becomes knockout round football and, you know, there's way more to lose, then mm. the games are probably going to slow down. And then we get 4-3 <laughs> from France to Argentina. It's like, oh, okay, so mm. it's not going to be like that. Um, You know what? Let's just go down the list. We'll save England, I guess, for last. But uh, if we go down the list, we'll start with France and Argentina. I mean, they're saying football's coming home and da-da-da, like Messi's going home. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, boy, that boy home, man. That boy home, bro. That boy home. That boy home, yeah. Look, Messi, it's one man. of those. It's, it's a strange World Cup, man. It's a strange World Cup. Like, you see, this World Cup 100% doesn't feel like any other World Cup that I've seen. Because my first World Cup was 994. Mm-hmm. And in every World Cup, I was saying this with my brother, both sides of the draw are pretty strong, you know, and it's like, you know, you, there are strong teams on both sides and there's a potential of a World Cup final with two heavyweights. And if you think, think, think about it, almost since the beginning, basically put it this, this, this way, you take England out of it, you have people who have never been to a World Cup final. And even if you put England into it, the last time England were in a World Cup final was in 1966. There was a boycott that year. What do you mean? In 1966, Africa boycotted the World Cup. So there's an asterisk. Oh, did, on that oh one. did did they? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. How come? Why? I never knew, knew this. There was only one slot between Africa and Asia. Now, if I'm getting the history wrong, somebody tell me. But there was only one slot available because the, the winner of the African one and the winner of the Asian one, they had to play like a playoff game. Mm. So basically, only one team from Africa and or Asia was represented at the World Cup. So Africa was basically like, no, nah, we're not going to show up. So they boycotted and then England won. So there's an asterisk on that one, at least in yeah. my opinion, because if a whole federation just chooses not to show up and you win, I mean, congratulations. But, you know, still a bit shady. But nonetheless, Messi's out. Is this the end of an era? I mean, and then when you just oppose it with what Mbappe did, maybe that's a... a maybe- Let me, I want to go further. Can I go further? Can I can I go go further in? Go in ahead, this? go ahead, go where you are. Um, because this is probably this is good. it's a precursor of a video that I'm gonna put it up, but I wanna you know pepper this in there. I think this World Cup is is telling us something. What is it telling us? It's telling us out with the old, in with the new. That the messy Cristiano debate must die. It must end. <laughs> it's not that, that this bad. is now the era of Hazard, Neymar, Dembele, um, Mbappe. 
Pogba. I'm going to throw in Brandt. I'm going to throw in Sane in there as well. But it's their era now. Like, me, like the World Cup was just trying to tell us, you know, this whole thing of your idols, your goats, and so forth. Because people preach and talk, greatest of all time, the greatest. They're going to do this. Cristiano was basically jumping up and down, acting really, really, really cool and really a hyper in the tunnel. And what you go, you got bounced out because Uruguay don't don't give a damn about your goats status. France don't give a damn about your goat status because at the end of the day, the social medias and the people can blog about goats and give me all that crappy stats. At the end of the day, you have to play that that team. So I think this World Cup showed us that this has to be a changing of the guard, and the whole Messi and Cristiano stupid, ridiculous, dumb debates should be thrown out. Because <laughs> remember, one guy. And I, and I think I told you, I don't really want to name, name his name, but an, an individual basically put out a tweet saying that, like, after Cristiano scored a header against Morocco, that, yeah, man, greatest of, of, of all time, he's the, he, he shows why he's great. And I was like, I mean, really? Really? So I just think there's this World Cup, my, it's, 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 I think it's a turning point. It's either a turning point or it should be a turning point. I think as soon as club football starts and Real Madrid and Barcelona, well... Well, if, well, if well, if, yeah. if if Ronaldo stays, then I think it'll just go back to normal in some well, ways. It's well, it's, if Ronaldo it's leaves Real Madrid and he goes to Juventus, mm. that's that's the changing. But I think the weight of Real Madrid, if things stay the same and Ronaldo stays, and Barcelona, the the comparison will just keep going. It'll be Ballon d'Ors, it'll be goals in a year, it'll be whatever the case may be. Um, but maybe it's a changing of a guard in the sense of international football. That's why I, I move this to the people and the fans and the people who write the, the, the stuff that I think the World Cup is trying to tell us that these guys are going to pump the, the stats again each season. But my whole thing is I think this World Cup is trying to tell us that let's try and call off with the whole messy Cristiano thing because it's a dead topic now and I think the topic has now gone stale and has now gone cold. Because look at how... It, Come on, tell me, has there any has there ever been a Champions League season that has been mm-hmm. as good as this World Cup so far? No, but there's the added element of like country in this that adds something to it. Like you have a whole nation behind you. Oh no, 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 but um, which is which is different than having just fans of a club. That's um, but the, the point I'm trying to make is that Do you mean the football, the, like the actual football? No, 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 no. It's everything, everything. Basically, the point I'm, I'm trying to make is that the way that people have received the way that this world cup has been the way people have received this world cup the excitement around it the buzz and electricity around it has been unlike any any domestic season that has ever been and you have to recognize that hence why if we now press the reset button after everything that has happened and now go back to man messi cristiano they're there the goats and it's like i scratch myself okay okay wait a minute i just saw messi with argentina and they look like a bunch of clowns I just saw Cristiano <laughs> score four goals and that was it. Nothing more. He just scored four goals and that was it. And they got bounced out by Uruguay. So if we now go back to, man, these guys are the greatest of all time. I'm like, well, what about that little, little two months where everybody was really excited and everything? We should just forget about that because it's 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 two months. But you you can't because, again, the impact this World Cup has had has been far greater than any domestic season. And that's just a fact. That's just, that's just facts. It's just facts. <laughs> And the thing, Dan, is that it, it won't be because what I've realized is that you can't get through to these fanboys. That's exactly yeah, what guys, I was going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, there will be some excuse, some reason to just put yes. this aside and then yes. they'll just change it back because you can't, 
you can't reason with an unreasonable idea. No, nope. I mean, you you can try, and maybe if oh, no, oh, no, I've it, tried. No, 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 I've tried. I have tried, and you can't. You you can't win. I mean, you you can't reason with the unreasonable unless you're ready to become unreasonable in return. No, no, but the the the, the scary thing is that I just hate to say that. So what's I mean? What are you trying to prove? So. No matter what, Cristiano is the greatest. Even if I try and give you facts, I say he can't be the greatest. Because it can is like, so if I, so these guys, I say, okay, Messi is the greatest and Cristiano is the greatest. If you're the greatest, greatest means that you do improbable, amazing things. Kind of got to score the knockout game, man. You, um, you kind of have to score at least a goal in a World Cup knockout. If you're the greatest. I'm sorry. Like... <laughs> If you're a, I said people, maybe people don't know what the word great means. A great means wow, you're a great, that you do highly improbable things, and a great somehow finds a way to inspire their team all the way through. And I'm sorry, Argentina are two times World Cup winners, and have some of the best frontline players in the world. Portugal are the European defending champions, so don't tell me that oh well their team isn't good enough. No, European defending champions. Two-time World Cup winners with with some of the, the best strikers, frontmen in the world. The fact that Dybala doesn't play, that's shocking. I mean, we can put some of the blame on Messi in the fact that, okay, if you are allegedly the GOAT, you were taking pictures with GOATs before the World Cup and all this kind of stuff, maybe you should get a goal. Maybe you, I mean, and also, like, he did have an assist um, for the 4-3. For the so he was involved in some ways that led directly to goals. But I think we have to look at the setup of Argentina and put some blame on Sampioli because the fact that Dybala just sits on the bench in a game that you need for your career, your life, I, I just find that stupid. I mean, I have other words for it, but I'm not prepared to say them publicly. It's just stupid. And I, I don't, you, you, I don't wait, really understand. Have you been to Instagram page? Have you been to Sampioli's Instagram? No. <laughs> so, read, read, wait, wait, read the, the comments on his latest post. Am I doing this now? Like, am I looking it up? Yeah, now? no, 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 no. Yeah, do it, do it now. Just read like ten comments on his latest post on Instagram. So Danity is now opening up Jorge Sampoli's Instagram <laughs> to read the comments. I need to turn my Wi-Fi on. <laughs> oh wow! All right, here we go. Is any of this in English? Oh yeah, for, yeah no, no, no. <laughs> Basically, just read it. Just, just read like a bit, a bunch. What does palado mean? I'm assuming palado in Spanish. Is a is a dirty word. I mean, there are some. <laughs> I, I don't see any in English, which is kind of understandable. Why didn't you play Paula Dybala? Something to his misses, I'm assuming. That doesn't look nice. Um, <laughs> a lot of palado. Oh, hiya de puta. I know what that means. I think he's forgotten about it, and I think he forgot to disable comments, or he's just like left it there. So guys have just gone there, just you know. Mother. Why? <laughs> Wait, what's that supposed to okay, why are you, how are you supposed to respond to that? Like, how do you respond to like okay, why? Um, Z? <laughs> like that's just like a, a very large question that just encapsulates a lot, like why? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just it's confusing, but then again, I think some people would probably put it back on Messi and be like, Well, you kind of picked the team. I put a lot of the blame on Messi because for Messi, you're getting a manager who caters for you. Mm. As I always said that the best way for Argentina to roll is Messi. You're given a specific role and you stick to that role. Because what I would have done, and this is why I put out the formation, is Messi, you play striker, Dybala plays the number 10. So Dybala creates for you. 
because Dybala is one of the best number 10s in Syria. He's one of the best players in Syria. But the whole reason why Dybala can't play with Messi is because Messi wants to do everything. And you can't have two num num number 10s. So you only have yourself to blame because Messi, you're creating an environment where, where, where people are hailing to you as this God who can do everything. Whereas I know, build a team. Build you a see, team. You see, this is one of my issues with kind of the deification of just players in general. Obviously, I'm, I play into it in some ways in different sports and sometimes in football. But if Messi is to believe his own hype that everyone thinks he is what they say he is, mm. if you believe that and you have such sway over the Argentinian Football Federation and the team itself, are you willing to become lesser than what people call you in order to win? Meaning, are you willing to let Dybala have a platform to shine if that means maybe he gets more glory? Maybe maybe he's the one that gets goals. Maybe he's the one that gets assists. That's there you go. If this was really about Argentina and you, it's not about Messi, but you, it's about Argentina doing the best that they can. Mm. Icardi is picked. Icardi is your main striker. Messi, you play in behind um, Icardi and Dybala, you are given the role of you're the creator, you're the number 10. Basically, the thing about it is that it's it's a mental thing. Like, Dybala going into a training and seeing how Messi is being treated, you don't have confidence that you can play how you play. Like at Juventus, everyone knows at Juventus, okay, Dybala, he is the creative brains of this team. So you have a confidence in that whole thing. But in Argentina, if you're already seeing a guy who's a god, a goat, and he's the creative mindset and everything goes through him, it demeans what you can do. So therefore, when you, when you, when you come on, you're ineffective because you're like, well, well sorry, you're not the creative mindset. You're not the, the brains. You're just another guy who has just helped this mess to, to do everything. But that's not how you run a successful team. It's not exactly how you run exactly. a successful team. Oh, we have to talk about Mbappe. Like the run that Mbappe went on to win the penalty. He's controlling the ball. He's basically he's running through Argentina's midfield, and he reaches a top speed of 37 kilometers per hour. Or it's it's basically the fastest anyone has run in the tournament up until Gullivan ran faster. He was dribbling with the ball, though. Like, I Ronaldo was the fastest player in the tournament. He was at, like, 34 km. Mbappe was at 37 with the ball at his feet. Like, this guy is – like, every time he gets the ball, I'm like, ooh, what's going to happen? Like, there, there, you know there's what? something like, special about this kid, like, man. Like, I never – wait, I, I never knew that I would say this. And nobody will ever be like him. Nobody will ever be like this guy. He's but giving you Ronaldo did... vibes, isn't he? No, 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 no. Look, like, like, let me, like, let me pick my words very carefully. Pick it very carefully. Nobody will, e I probably will never ever in my lifetime see anybody with the with the talent of Ronaldo, but he did remind me of like the kind of feeling and buzz whenever he touched the ball reminded me of Ronaldo. Like that run he was on reminded me of the run that Ronaldo was on against Holland in France '98. Because again, I told you, like, I'm tired of the whole Messi Cristiano thing, man. Like Messi and Cristiano talented but they don't give me that buzz they don't give mm. me that buzz they'll have better careers and their careers will obviously be better than what Mbappé has because those guys are amazing what, what they've done and their consistency but that electricity that, that that buzz and my whole thing about this is that let's let's go racial okay no no, no let's no let's do it let's do it because a lot of people like because <laughs> i think i saw a, a little tweet and a guy said man look at that pace man look at that speed and i was like yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that speed, but also you actually need skill as well. And my main thing is that white guys, white analysts want to demean power and pace. That yeah, power and pace. But obviously, you know, us white guys, we can, all we can rely on, on is our intelligence and our technique. But what I always say to people is that 
if all you have is power and speed, you can't play football. Football is a highly technical sport. And the thing about it is that as black people, don't be ashamed of your power and your speed because power and speed is exciting. That's why, why that's why we love boxing. That's why we, we love UFC. That's why the 100 meter final is one of the most watched sporting events ever. The 100 meter final. So don't be ashamed of your speed and your power that you naturally have, but also as well, don't also think as if that's all you have because the thing that is much more most difficult, which is what made Ronaldo so amazing, is how you harness such incredible power and speed and connect it with your with technical ability. Because to run at that speed but still have control of the ball, of your movement exactly. and of the ball and your direction is tough. It's hard. To be on the fastest sprint and also be going through Argentina's midfield and have the knowledge, okay, I touched it, I'm going this fast. Like I don't know how they do the calculation in their mind. I've never I don't mm. I don't I'm not fast, but however you do it. Like, okay, I hit the ball this hard, getting your feet right for the next touch, and then having the presence of mind that, yo, Rojo touched me, I need to go down. Like, mm-hmm. the speed at which his brain is doing these and calculations. Is, do you know how quickly everything is happening? I know, and he's 19. so quickly. He's 19 doing this. Like, it, it's Crazy. just... Like, this dude has two more World Cups. Arguably, the World Cup that is really his own is the one in two World Cups time. Like, the, the, the one in America, in America the, the Canada, America, and, and yeah. Mexico, when he'll be 20, 28. So... France, man, I'm sorry, Griezmann and Giroud step up because you can't rely on a 19-year-old to win in the World Cup. That's ridiculous. Unless That's really ridiculous. In the 50s. Yeah, well, basically, this just shows you what if, if a freak that Pele was. <laughs> 17. <was> 17. <laughs> That's That's just ridiculous, man. Again, I wasn't old enough really to appreciate Ronaldo in 98. Like, I, I remember watching the final pieces of it. Mm. Um, but I wasn't old enough to really remember Ronaldo being Ronaldo. So I can appreciate like this vibe that I'm sure people got when they watched Ronaldo. I'm sure it was oh, yeah. he was better at that time. But if this is what it was like, but just more, basically, I understand. I mean, basically, that's why like, you know, I try not to have this debate about, you know, Ronaldo versus Christian and how guys say, oh yeah, fat Ronaldo, this thing and that. I'm like, you know what? There's no point in me taking it personally because again, these guys are young. I didn't grow up with him. Like mm. guys that grew up with him, guys around my age, there was nothing like it. It was like every time he touched the ball, there was just electricity. Everything lit up. Defenders literally would run away and step back because like because again, Messi doesn't have the power and the speed that Ronaldo had. Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't did not have the technique and ability that has. So you're dealing with a guy who is fast, who is strong, who can dribble, who is technically astute. It was like a machine. So with Mbappe. Which is, which is why I doubled down. And I, I will still keep with it. Mbappe at 919 is better than Messi was at 919. He is. You know, he is. And I think, again, can I go racial again? Let me, let, let me go racial You can do again. what you want. It's our podcast. Oh, okay, so, well, okay, but the thing about it is that I think it rubs people the wrong way when I say Mbappe just had a greater football IQ at a maturity at 19 than Messi. Because it was like, wait, wait a minute. A black guy can't have this bloody football by maturity at 19. No, power, speed, that, that's all. But whenever I, I look at players, I just look very carefully how they're playing. And when I look at what Mbappe is doing, how he's interpreting the, the game, the things that he's trying, this wasn't what... Messi was just a very talented 19-year-old. Mbappe's playing like a grown man, which is what is scary. He's playing like a grown, a fully refined grown man. And I'm sorry, I know this will run people the wrong way. Uh, Messi, you were holding the bench when you were 19. 2006, you were holding the bench. You were holding the bench down. <laughs> Mbappe is a starter, scoring in a knockout game. 
So, sorry, facts. All right. Um, France played the winner of Uruguay-Portugal, which was Uruguay. Do you want to get into Portugal? Cristiano, I mean, I mean, what the hell did he do in that game? <laughs> so, like, you were jumping up and down, and before you took the free kick, you pulled your shorts up to show your legs. <laughs> and the free kick, literally, you, you, you literally brick the free kick. Like, I had about 5,000 bricks just, like, fall down as he hit the free So, I'm like, all this posing... All this doing this and that antics for everything for what? Where you the most annoying part of, of Cristiano? It, it's so theatric and dramatic that you expect okay, this better be a really good free kick. Otherwise, you're just yeah. wasting our time. Like, stop wasting my time with all this breathing routine. He does like the five steps back. I think it is like if you're going to take us through this and you're going to waste basically 30, 45 seconds of my life, don't hit the wall. That's all I ask. Like, at least make the goalkeeper save it. But don't smack your free kick into the wall after you've wasted my time. Like, I find that so annoying. But when it comes off like it did against Spain, it, it adds way more drama and it makes it better. So European champions got knocked out by Uruguay. Um, the first goal for Uruguay, where Cavani crosses it all the way across the field, Suarez crosses it basically to the goal. Are we giving Cavani credit for that goal? Because it hit his face. I don't think he wanted it to hit his face, though. No, no, oh no 100% I give him credit because... You give him credits for the run and make him the connection. All the matters. See, right. that's when it's just a you're a you're a goal scorer. Make right. connection with the ball. But the key thing was the run, peeling off from the back yeah. from the, the yeah. defender and making connection. So, hundred percent, that's quality goal. Quality goal scorers. I mean, goal. listen, man, Cavani's movement has always been amazing top in the world. Like it's on par with Cristiano. The only the only issue is Cavani doesn't <laughs> have that crazy. lethal finishing. And, you know, speaking of, I mean, obviously, uh, Portugal got to go back. Cavani's second goal was Thierry Henry-esque. Just be open the body up, far post. That's one of the best finishes of the World Cup so far. Um, beautiful. Just a great finish, a great finish. And then it sucks that he gets injured, so he doesn't – I don't know if he's going to play against France. Let's just do these predictions now. So we got France, Uruguay. Let's say Cavani plays, but he's limited. Where are you leaning? If he, if, if he plays limited, I, I, I say Uruguay. If he doesn't play, I say France. I'm saying France just because my pick is still alive, you know. So <laughs> as, but, as long as my pick lives, I am dedicated to my pick, man. They're gonna pocket Mbappe, man. They're, they're gonna they're gonna have a defensive plan for Mbappe. Uh, this is a game where I don't want to see Matuidi on left wing. Like, give me Dembele. Like, uh, we need dribblers in that team. Just people who can skill you. Like Matuidi, he's he's doing his thing, but against the team that really doesn't have. Too much on the wings? Like, you don't need Matuidi there, man. Just give somebody who can break a team down. And and that's Dembele for sure. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with France. Let's start. I mean, Spain. I mean, whew, a lot of people's favorites are gone. Like, a lot of people said Germany. A lot of people said Spain. And Spain couldn't beat Russia. I think you need to. I, I think I want to see a start of how many times Isco passed the ball sideways. Do you know um, Guillaume Balague, the Spanish reporter? Yes. Well, I don't know him personally, but I know. Oh him. no, no, yeah, no, but basically, yeah, he has like a YouTube channel. Space. I was watching his post-match review, and he was he basically said that Iniesta should have started. Isco completely um, messed up, but he said that he doesn't like the criticism of like this whole tiki taka, tiki taka. That what they want is possession that goes somewhere, and he says, you know what, Spain have an identity, and they should still keep with it. And my thing that, and he says that Spain are at a, are at a crossroads. As that spin have to decide what they want to do. Either they want to play much more direct or they want to continue with the whole aggressive possession kind of play. And my thing that 
this World Cup should show that Sp- should show for Spain, you need to go more direct because some of your best players suit a more direct way of playing, i.e. Costa, Asensio, and so forth. Because if you play a more direct way where Isco is just a playmaker, but you're much more attacking, I think Spain are a very dangerous team because it was like lightning in a bottle. Like that system suited the particular players you had at that specific time, David Villa, Xavi, Xavi Alonso, a younger in Iniesta. And Xavi was critical, critical to that system, critical. And David Villa, very, very underrated striker, but those players were very suited. So I think that Spain persisting with this ethos and theory where Iniesta, he's now retired now. Busquets will will, will soon retire as well. Piqué and Ramos, they're on their way out. So with the new Spanish guys coming in, are you now going to tell them to continue to play with this whole possession play? That's that's my thing because I think the feeling in Spain is that, you know what, this is our way. We dominated for for, for so long this way. We will still continue. And where's like, no, you don't have to. Like the Spanish team... In 2002, they, they, they go on Lockett. That was a, an amazing Spanish team, like Mendieta, Raul, Hierro, and Joaquin, an amazing team. But because of very dodgy ref- refereeing, they lost the, the, the game. If not for dodgy refereeing, Spain would have beaten, easily beaten, um, what we call it, South Korea, and would have now had a semi-final with um, Germany. And who knows, Spain could have been in, in a final because that was an amazing Spanish team. So I just think that that's, that, that game just... First of all, that game showed that Spain's system against a very strong defensive side doesn't work and look man the power of the host nation like one of my russian friends he said like look man we didn't deserve to win like we we were just was on pure luck but it's like nah man a win is a win the way that russia won was the only way they, they could have won the only way they could have won against spain i had a point on spain and i forgot it damn it was a good point too I costa was to i mean i mean my my my, my thing is that you have a striker like costa and you can't go route one you can't play the ball into him. Like, it must be so annoying being Costa, just standing there, just looking at your teammates pass the ball amongst each each other. The most annoying thing is when you see spin on a breakaway, and I'm like, go forward, play the ball forward, just play, play the ball forward. But just the constant playing the ball sideways, and you have to find another man. There is no risk taken of dribbling, carrying the ball, running with the ball, playing a, a long ball pass to to Costa. And I'm like, it's 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 extremely annoying to watch extremely annoying to watch do you think the sacking of laptigi affected this game at all do you th- feel like if he's manager that perhaps there's there's something i mean else? i mean i mean to to a certain extent yes but my, my 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 thing is that spain you only have yourselves to blame for that because that's your own federation right. so it's not a case of where okay he fell really ill or if family member fell ill and he and then he had to take leave and everything and it's like oh wow what if he but the fact that your own federation sacked him well, I mean, no simple. You because, can't have any sense of it. It seemed like Spain just had the ball just to keep the ball, as you say. It's possession for possession's sake. It's yeah. like, yeah, we have the ball, but we'll pass it sideways. We're happy to just keep it and pass you to death. People take the kind of Guardiola system, if you want to call it that, and they just basically say, okay, Pep keeps the ball, so we're going to try to keep the ball. But there's way more to Pep's system than just having possession. It's like, what he does with predetermined movements and overloads and things like that. Mm. Like there's a whole system in play. Keeping the ball is part of it, but it's not the whole thing. But it seems that there's the Spanish side was just, all right, we keep the ball and then good things happen if we pass it around enough, but there's more to it. And it didn't seem like there was more to it as specifically in this game and generally throughout the tournament. So 
I wonder if Laptigi is in charge, if maybe you see an added dimension of having that possession, but it just seemed empty, which assisted Russia, and it led to them being knocked out. I mean, now Croatia. Uh, Croatia Croatia had nine points. Everybody thought they were going to do well. Um, and then they meet Denmark, and it Tough wasn't game. as easy as everyone thought it was going to be. Casper the friendly ghost, man. Casper the friendly ghost. Terrific. Um, now, did you get kind of Ghana Uruguay vibes from 2010 when I think it was Jorgensen tackles Rebic. Great yeah. Modric pass, by the way. Wonderful, oh, terrific, terrific pass. Um, he takes him out and you're like, okay, Modric is taking this penalty. He's probably going to miss like Jan did. <laughs> I was thinking that. I was like, okay, if 2010 is something to go by, Modric is going to miss this. He didn't miss it. Uh, Schmeichel saved it, so fair enough. But I, I, I didn't feel like that was going to go in. It was a game that started quick. There were two goals in the first three or four minutes, and then they were mm. just like, "Oh, if we if we if it's this open, we might lose." So then, for the next basically 115 minutes or whatever it was, people were just not trying anything really. I can't remember any big chances in that game up until Modric unlocked it. No, no, no. Denmark they definitely frustrated Croatia. They frustrated. 100. percent So. Penalty shootout. It was very, very, very dramatic, I thought. And Modric, like Gian in 2010, missed his penalty to win the game um, in, in regular time, stepped up in the shootout, made his penalty, just that Ghana didn't win, and Croatia did, unfortunately. But, you know. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I think Croatia is still the best side on that half, on that side of the draw now that Spain's out. And they get to play Russia. What do you think? What do you think about Russia-Croatia, man? Ask most Croatians. They said they, they they struggle when they're the favorites. They play better when they're the underdogs, but when they're the favorites, that's when they really struggle. And I think that because of that, I think Croatia will find it very tricky playing Russia as a favorite and for the Russia at the host nation. Mm. I think Russia now they're like in La La Land because nobody thought they'd get anywhere near it's this, house money. This it's one. house money at this point. Logic says Croatia wins because they have the better players, but. Mm. Logic doesn't the, apply in this tournament, man. <laughs> this walk up logic goes out the window in this walk up, man. So, yeah, but logic doesn't apply. So I could see a situation where in which Russia gets to something a tells point. me Russia, man. Something tells me Russia. I'm leaning Russia too, but I, I, I want to see Croatia go through because I want the best teams in the final. I, and, and maybe you could say the having the host nation in the final is a good thing. So if Russia can somehow make their way to a final, that'd be great. It'd be good theater, whatever the case may be, but I want to see Modric in the final. I want to see Medzukic. I want to see uh, Rakitic. Great penalty mm. to win the game, by the way. Um, I want to see Kovacic. I want to see Perisic. I want to see these players, if we can get them there in the final, as opposed to maybe like Russia or Sweden, perhaps. Um, all right, so the next day we get Brazil. They beat Mexico. Um, it was easier than I thought it was going to be for Brazil. I thought Mexico would – Mexico had chances on the break. So let me not act like they weren't dangerous He's at the all, villain. But... The he's the villain, the anti-hero. Let's yeah. talk about Neymar. We all know that he's playing up to, to the role. The more and more people get pissed off by it, the more and more he relishes the role that he, he's now developed. Do you know how Ronaldo in 2002 he had the haircut to distract people from mm. his knee injuries? You think Neymar is being a little bit more of a dick that way people aren't talking about his ankle? Like, like instead of using a haircut, he's just using his behavior. I don't think so. For me, I think this is just much more of a psychological thing that he's using, and I think this is maybe trying to maybe I think this may be helping him. I was like, you know what? I I'm going. So I know I, because because I already know how talented I am. 
but I want to get a, a mental edge on the op opponent. So I'm going to really try and play this game of where I want to really try and annoy you and piss you guys off. But at the same time, you all know how, how good I am. So it's a mental thing that he's using to give him and the and Brazil an edge over the opponent. A lot and of people really, really don't like what he's up to, though. Oh, no, no, no. And he's going to continue doing it. The more people don't like it, the more... Because <laughs> trust me, Brazil are desperate for this trophy. They are desperate to get their hands on this okay, trophy. Okay, last last week, or I guess even Thursday, you were on the on the side of, like, Brazil don't seem like just kind of mm. the, the attitude or the mentality to win the tournament. You Did you see something in this Mexico game that showed you that, indeed, they do have the mentality to maybe win? Nope. Interesting. So they want to win, but you don't think they have the personality to win. But, okay, put it this way. If Brazil get through, let's see what they, they do if they meet France or Uruguay. Because a semi against either France or Uruguay, now nah, that's going to tell me something. Like, see now, it's now getting tougher and tougher because Belgium is going to be, be, be tough. We're well, expected to beat Belgium because that Belgium side definitely has weaknesses that Japan exposed. But let's now see what you now do if in a semi. Like final then, it's, you know, it's opening. But Uruguay or, or France in the semi-final ain't going to be easy. Can I quickly show some love to Willian? Like, this was good Willian, man. Oh, this my was, God. Like, this William was, this was great Willian. Like, if, if I can take what you give me from kind of the Nigerian team, he's like Brazilian Musa. On his bad day, he's really, 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 really bad. But when he's good, he's fantastic. And this was good Willian. The assist, just just the way he was bossing the game. Like I love, I love when William plays well because he has. There's something about his game that just appeals to me whenever it comes off. But some games he can go missing, and I understand why Chelsea fans. Boy, 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 he, he's so that big con consistent though. So he's consistently inconsistent, mm. and that's a form of consistency, I guess. Um. All right. So Brazil play. Uh, and any words on Mexico? Do we have anything on Mexico? Rafa Marquez, shout out to your career. Re um, I mean, re ridiculous done. display of greed and selfishness in some breakaways, as in absolutely atrocious. <laughs> like past. I mean, past the freaking ball, man. I mean, because of their selfishness, they deserve to to lose for sure. If Mexico had taken advantage of their opportunities on counterattacks in this in this tournament. Their goal difference, if you add the Brazil game into the group stage, would probably be like plus 10. <laughs> like the amount of counterattack, just the Germany game alone. Like that, the fact they only won that game 1-0 was weird. There may be something of signs to come once they, once they got into the into the round of 16. But shout out Mexico. I thought they had a decent tournament, all things considered. Shout out Lozano as well. Um, I remember Cesar Hernandez talked to me about him. Now they play, they're going to play the winner of Belgium, Japan. I think the drama that was in that Spain 3, Portugal 3 game is probably going to end up being called the game of the tournament. Wrongfully so. But this game was really, 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 really good. Um, no, no, no. Let's be real. This was the best football match. You watched it with a Japanese guy. How did that go? Oh, it was amazing. Because he's, because he's, he's already a bit psycho. I've known him since I was 14. So, like, we're, like, long, long-time friends, you know. So, and also, he's, he's like, psycho. He's, he, like, he's a bit crazy. But he's not, like, a regular Japanese guy. So, he's, he's a bit crazy. So, watching <laughs> it with him was was, an, was an, an, an experience, you know. But, Does he have um, a name? Shout him out. Tai Chi. Tai Chi, shout man. Out, tai Chi. Shout out Tai Chi. Shout out Tai Chi. Yeah. I saw your Instagram post. <laughs> no, 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 but, but, you know, the, the funny thing about it is that because I know him, and I've been to Japan before, and I, and I know Japanese people like, you know, you know, Konishiwa, Okasa, Daijube, a few Japanese 
was there. Like, <laughs> Japan have always been very technically good. And I think this coach, I think he actually coaches one of the best J-League sides. So he's actually one of, because he's one of the best coaches in Japan. And I think despite, I remember they had poor preparation because they, they, they sacked their foreign coach like right. about a month or so before the World Cup started. But the pass accuracy of these guys was off the, the chain. Like basically, which is why I said that Japan, I say Spain are a poor man's Japan. Like what Japan did is what I believe Spain should be trying Japan to do. Had, Japan passed, but passed with purpose. Everything was, was intentional. Yeah, like, okay, they, they kept possession for a while, but they were always constantly saying, okay, how can I make that penetrative pass? How can I switch play? And when I switch play, how can I find space? Okay, these guys will play it. How can I create create space? So they were always trying to pass with intent. And, and, and there's always a chance, there was always an, an intention of like, if I can find that penetrative pass that goes forward, I'm going to do it. Any blame to them for being up 2-0 with 30 minutes left and you lose 3-2? I told my friend and I told him that that's Kawashima goalkeeping mistake which was and that was a goalkeeping mistake 100%. that was the turn, turning point that was the, 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 the like once that happened i was like if this i think japan have lost the momentum here yeah because it was such a bad goalkeeping mistake and also <laughs> th- this guy has been a, a brick for a while so mm. to let it go in like that because again don't assume never assume just jump never assume that the, the ball is going to go over because he assumed the, the ball was going to go over just jump because all he has, all he needs to do is jump and you and you tip that ball over the yeah, bar. I mean, when Roberto Martinez made his changes, everybody was like, "What the hell is man, he doing? Roberto, Why are you putting on Fellaini? Why are you putting on Chadley? Like, what are these changes, bro? You have, um, I think you had Mertens on the bench at the time. You have Bashuai. You had Tillemans. You have all these players. You're putting in Fellaini, and that was kind of my initial response. But I didn't tweet anything. Because I was like, if I tweet bad about Fellaini, he's going to end up scoring or doing something. And then he wins the corner that leads to Bertonga's goal. He scores a goal that makes it 2-2. And I was like, I knew this was going to happen. So shout out to Martinez, man, for those changes. I mean, people, it's, it's it was Mourinho-esque in a way. Like, once he realized that, yo, we have, like, X players mm. who are over six foot. And the Japan defense isn't that great in the air. Why don't we just load up the back post and just cross balls in there and see what happens? And, you know, it worked. But, but what about that break, break, break away, man? No, I, I, I was, I was going to talk about the free kick. Honda's free kick was a great free kick. Like, well, yeah, um, that, was, that was amazing. Yeah. yeah the, the, the dip he got on it, the technique, Courtois' save was great. Courtois almost had a really, really big blunder in the first half. Like, I don't know mm. what Courtois thinking, what he's up to, what, what's happened to him, but he's, He's regressing, not in the same way De Gea has been. We didn't talk about that, but maybe we'll, we'll get to that maybe when we talk about Manchester United later in future podcasts. Um, but yeah, man, that counter, I was like, look, Courtois, all you need to do is just catch it because it's going to be an outswinger. So if you catch this, you might have a chance. And I was I was watching the game with my little bro. So this was, I was just, all he needs to do is catch this and maybe they can catch them. And mm. he comes out, he catches it, he rolls it. De Bruyne is the perfect person you want leading that counter. Oh, yes. If there's, if, and... if there's one points guard that you want to give it to you give it to you give it to the Bruyne in space and that was maybe one of the few times that I felt like Belgium just had a, an open opportunity mm. um Lukaku makes a run that takes away a couple defenders then De Bruyne passes oh it yeah to great, run. Mounier, that was a great run and then Mounier crosses it back I'm like Lukaku this is your chance and I see him kind of go for it but I'm like I think the pass is too is like too hard or something so I was like why didn't he kick it it goes to Chadley. Chadley puts it in. Then you see the replay and like, oh, Lukaku could have touched it if he wanted to, but he let it go because he knew Chadley or Hazard was behind him. Mm. And Chadley puts it in 3-2. I mean, 
I would have. If, actually, if I was actually, Jeff... actually, oh, go ahead. But on Lukaku, though, do you know what's interesting, though? I think he's given every team talk. I think he's given all the team talks pre game <laughs> and, and post game. <laughs> Yo, uh, there, there was one team talk I saw, and he was like, so serious, so serious. And like, Mitchie was listening to him. He was just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, yo, this dude is like mad serious right now. Like, Mitchie's my favorite. To be up two goals, though, I was looking at that. Like, I'd have just rather lost four or five nil than to lose that way. Like, you have extra it's time painful. there at least. And, I, and also, like, Inui has been, for me, he's been one of the most impressive players at this World Cup. And I Do you think... know what sucks? Do you know what sucks about Inui? He signed a free transfer. I think it was a free transfer or a pre-contract or whatever it was with Real Betis. Before mm. the World Cup, if he waits till now to yeah, sign, maybe he goes to I don't know Everton or some club where he can make more money. But yeah, man, like he was really, really good. Japan are impressive, which kind of I know we had the argument over whether Senegal or Japan should have gone in, but off the basis of that game against Belgium, I don't think Senegal do any but, better than. But, but again, this is why I go back to my post-match analysis of Senegal against Japan. Where I said that, no, I felt that Japan were the better team. And guys are like, oh, no, why are you against African teams? Senegal played well and everything. I'm like, <laughs> no, sorry, Japan were the better team. And Japan, in this whole world of Japan, have impressed me more than any of that. But just sorry, Japan have been the team that has surprised me the, the most. As in, I didn't think that they would be this good. I told you, they contributed to the game of the World Cup so far. Like, that was a quality game. A quality yeah. game. Okay, so we quality have... Game. We now a lot of people were like, I hope Japan wins. I was sad they lost. I was looking at this like, look, everybody says they love underdogs. Right? Y'all swear up and down. Y'all love Cinderella stories. Y'all love underdogs, <laughs> but you don't because, and this is facts. Whenever underdog stories happen, the ratings on TV go down. People claim they love Cinderellas, but really, you want blue bloods against blue bloods. If I can use an American term, like you want the best against the best. So Japan would have been a great story, da da da. But you guys w- wouldn't watch Japan Brazil as much as people are going to watch Belgium versus Brazil. And so we got the game we wanted, and I'm happy about this. So we get Hazard versus Neymar, which is, if you're saying Messi Cristiano is going out, those are the next two in terms of age. Like obviously oh, yeah. we have Mbappe, we have Dembele, we have those. But Neymar versus Hazard should be the next one if you want a next one. So we I have mean, this look, game man, to go to a semifinal, a and match. this game is big time. Like. As you said again, <laughs> I would have loved for the underdog to go through, but let's be real, man. That's a game. That is. I mean, see, we could have another classic. We could have an, an, another cl- classic on the same day. We are having France, Uruguay, then <laughs> Portugal, and then Brazil, Belgium, which is insane, insane. Low key, that that's the real semi final. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we we love England, we love you know uh, Croatia, whatever. But again, obviously, like Euro sixteen, you're right. The right side of the draw was the better mm. one. The left side was the weak one, and we thought whoever comes under the right wins. And Portugal were on the left, and they won. But I think this time, I think it's probably uh, the left side is the real is the real semi final and the final. No, who 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 do you think's gonna win? Um, between Brazil and Belgium, and I do, do. Do we know if Marcelo's back? Not sure. I Not need sure. Marcelo but... back, if only for like the quality of the game to be peak. I mean, look, Brazil. No, Brazil should should win it, man. I mean, like really, it's going to be close. I but I think Brazil overall have better quality and experience overall, back to to, to front. So I just I, think I, Brazil. I trust, I, I trust Brazil's be defense more than I trust the Belgian defense. Oh no, no, look, like if Japan can get. Brazil should really be able to to get 
I was gonna say it similarly, but not in that <laughs> way. Uh, all right, so yeah, I concur. So Sweden play um, Switzerland on the last day of the round of sixteen. They win one nil. Tight as I as I thought it it would be, but I would argue that Sweden are probably the best defensive side at this World Cup. Like people will say Uruguay, but I just think that Uruguay just have better individual defenders in Jimenez and Gooden, who are the probably the two of the best central defenders in the world. But as defending tactically and as look, Anderson, the Swedish coach, the guy is a genius. Like how organized these guys are, how they use the how they use the ball when they get the ball, how they set themselves off without the ball, like they are so hard to break down. They're so hard to, to, to break down. So and if you think about it, think about it. Against Italy, 180 minutes. They didn't concede a single goal. World Cup, they've only conceded one goal from open play. Cruz was a free kick. When it, I mean, when you just look at what the Swedish team, I just think like this game just showed that. Okay, Switzerland, fair enough. They didn't have in Shaka is the only creative guy. Xhaka is limited, and Switzerland don't have enough ingenuity and creativity in attack to really test that Swedish defense. But still, man, Grankvist, man, that's the the, the guy and the, the the captain for Sweden. Just how he controls and marshals that, that defense is because i was just watching him for like five minutes just to see what he what he's doing and we just see how he organizes people gives guys instructions like like amazing like and and my thing is man screw zlatan man screw him <laughs> because that egotistical dude who is overrated this is why he should have never been in the team the, the team is far better without him far better without him so england <sighs> They don't make it easy, do they? I mean, nope, they don't. <laughs> and how clutch is Yerimina, man? How how clutch is he? I was like, how tall is this guy? So I I, I was like, he looks six three. That was that was my mm. first idea. So then I, I went on Wikipedia. I was like, this guy's six foot five. And then you hear the 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 commentator was like, he comes from a family of goalkeepers. So really, this guy should be like a six five goalkeeper. But I guess he decided he wants to play football rather than use his hands. So. He's a 6'5 central defender who scored three goals on set pieces, or maybe four at this World Cup. Clutch indeed. Um, but first, we have to give credit to Harry Kane and just England in general, I think. Like the, his penalty was the penalty I, that I think I would try to take if I was in the World Cup. The, the first one. Just don't blast it over and just put it down the middle because I know this guy's he's going to dive one way or the other. Either place it bottom right or it goes straight down the middle. I've been a, a keeper in a penalty shootout per four and actually saved three in, in this that I did. But yeah, I've been a keeper before <laughs> and the keeper rarely does, the keeper always dives. He, he really stands it in the middle and even if he dives, it's very hard for him to get his leg to really latch onto the ball that goes down the middle. So like, if my advice to you is, you know, if you're worried or you're scared, smack it down the middle. And he did, and Kane did his job. I mean, the, what... <laughs> <laughs> what the Colombian players tried to do, like basically, they took two, three minutes just to fuck up the penalty spot. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 they yeah, were yeah. just half of them were arguing with the referee, but the other one was just cutting up the uh, no, no, look, man, the, yeah, the penalty look, spot man, with their shoes. Like. That South American um, antics, man. I mean, I like I liked Colombia. I'm not gonna lie, man. And I, I felt as if if they had Hamas, just someone in midfield who could regulate the game better they would have sliced England up. Maybe slicing up is going a bit too far, but I definitely feel like they win if they have Hamas in that midfield. I think Hamas, like, Colombia can't function without Hamas. 
literally like they're a different team with him and without him. They're I feel a different like they team. could function, but I feel like once you're used to him in the team, once he leaves the team, then it's like, okay, who does what he does? You know? Um, so maybe if they had the whole tournament without him, maybe they would have done better in this game. But the fact that you had him for like a, a few matches, then he leaves again. And it's like, okay, who is our orchestrator? Who's going to have that magic, basically? Well, then, but then um, if you think about it, he wasn't playing in the first half against Japan. He, he played the full game against Poland. He didn't play for the second half and the majority of the first half against Senegal. So if we count it all up, Colombia have actually played more without Hammers than with him at this World, World Cup. But when they've had him, they they looked great, especially the Poland game. I mean, he had the... I think the whole thing is like, I look at Peckerman. If you know that you're, the Hammers is carrying a possible injury... Right. What is our alternative without him? And the fact is that I looked at that like, yeah, you don't actually have a plan B. I mean, his plan B was starting three DMs like a bit. Bill. All right, this is yeah. I kind of see where this game is going to end up going. Um, and it goes to penalties. Now, England have a strange relationship with penalties in the World Cup. I think they've lost their last three penalties. No, no, no. They've, they've, they've never won a World they've Cup. They've never won one. Season. They've lost every single penalty shootout they've ever had in the World Cup. And um, before this one, yeah. Wow. Okay. That's the whole point. Like, like we say, that's the whole point. Like, that's why once it went to penalties, guys are like, oh god, <laughs> because they've I told, never won. I, I put in the group yeah. chat, like, if England go to penalties, I think they're gonna win because I trust Pickford over Ospina. And if you look at the penalty takers that England have, you have Harry Kane. Like yeah, Rashford's Rashford. penalty was great. Trippier as well. Like they have penalty takers. Henderson's what? Well, that was a very that was a good p- penalty. Those that it was a super I, save. I, I knew Henderson would miss. I was sitting, I was just calling the penalties out with my brother. I was like, he's going to make it, he's going to miss. He looks nervous and he missed. Like, I knew Henderson was going to miss or he wasn't going to make it as soon as I saw him doing kickups. I felt Henderson would miss and Oribe would miss. I didn't think Baka was, was going to miss. Was it Dyer? Dyer made it. Ospina got a hand to it, but it wasn't yeah. strong enough. Yeah, and England are in the semifinal, uh, quarterfinal, against Sweden. So who do we think? England, Sweden. I mean, ugh. It's gonna be tough for 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 I mean Sweden. That's a tough team, man. But England should make it. But I think Sweden will make it very difficult for England, man. I mean, I, England should that should be in effect Germany. Yeah, this is like a this is an easier road to the semi final than you would have predicted because Germany flopped. So mm. Sweden should be Germany. So you should be looking at it kind of like yo, Sweden are tough, but it could be Germany. So who would you rather play? And uh, I think England again. I think English should win. There's something about this England team that I like. Maybe, maybe it's just like they got. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll come out and, and say like, like the way this England team is playing is unlike any England team that I've seen. Like how they move the ball. Like sometimes they obviously get out of rhythm, but once they're in rhythm and they have that one touch, give and go. And they're and they're intricate in the in the middle. I've never seen England play it like that. But I think with Harry Kane as striker and how he links in with Sterling and Lane Lingard and Pop, I told him man, I, I like Rashford, man. And Loftus cheek, but I like I, Ra- I like I like what Rashford does. Um, all right, so we got four questions that probably are worth answering. Who do you want to see win the World Cup and why from Mason Boris? My answer is France. It's been France, it will forever be France. And why? Just cause. I mean, it would probably either be England f- because of the English friends that I know, or or Croatia for the Croatian friends that I know. Because I, I know that this Croatian guy at at work who was like a really really nice guy that I get along with. So I think it would be pretty cool if if they could go all the way. And also, I mean, England 
for the because I, again I know a lot of English guys, you know, and I think it would be pre, it would be pretty hilarious just to see if 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 they were able to win us. I think I have more in link with England and Croatia based on the people that I know. Russia as well, like I have two Russian friends. The only links I have is Russia, England, and Croatia, but France, Brazil thing, I don't really have links there, you know. So apart from my uncles, my Brazilian uncles and people, <laughs> you know. uh Pat Mouse asks ideal final at this point. An ideal final. I think there's two. If you like just technical Brazil, quality, Brazil, Croatia, man. Yes, yes. That that would be like the best final if we, if you could mm. just pair two teams together. Um, I would like to see France, England play against each other. Or or England, Belgium. Because of the amount of Premier League players that play for Belgium. Oh, no, no, no. no. Come on. You good... can't have one continent in a final. You have to have two different two, two different continents. continents. The the right side of the draw is basically like a glorified Euros at this point. Yeah, it's it's, it's Europe. Like 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 for me, I would like Brazil <laughs> Croatia would be you know what? England Brazil would be pretty fun, you know. <laughs> that would be I pretty so interesting. Too. I think so too. Um much fun. with this World Cup cementing its place. In history, I'm assuming, as one of the greats, if you could script any ending for the tournament, which would you choose? P.S. is coming home from forward always. If I could script any ending, it would be a Pogba free kick to win the tournament in like the 93rd minute. And then like the camera cuts to like Graham soon as his face and he has to speak on it. Oh, no, I know. For me, I think literally the the best finish to this would be 0 0 England, no, sorry, 1 1 England, Brazil, 89th minutes. England get a counter, a breakaway, and either Harry Kane, we see Lingard passes the ball across, Kane nods it over, and Sterling puts it into the net. Ooh, and for Sterling, all of those racist newspapers, <laughs> Sterling scores the World Cup win, winning goal. Either if, if Pogba or Sterling win the World Cup, I think was was the the Daily Mail, they'd have a fit when they Oh no 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 um, they'd have to shut down, man. That's that have to shut down. Or or just selfishly, two two extra time, hundred and nineteenth minute, like there's like a corner kick, Mitchie makes a, a near post run, and it's like the jump header from twenty twelve Champions oh, League yeah, final. Yeah. And it goes in and you know, we just wait for him to tweet about it. That would be my moment. <laughs> All right. Um <laughs> All right, someone asked, who would win a potential England-Croatia semifinal? I, I don't know if we, we have to even prognosticate that. I think that could happen. So we'll just wait and see. We'll, we'll come back mm-hmm. to it. And Steve Nasty also asked, does Mbappe have an outside shot at the golden ball? I mean, who, okay, of the remaining teams, because it will come from someone who's in the remaining teams, mm. Modric should probably be number one at this point. Yes. Um, even though he missed the penalty. I know he, he made his penalty in the shootout. Kane could be up there. Hazard's been man of the match in all of the I, I mean, games. But, but to be okay, okay let's play. I mean, should Kane? Let's just should Kane really be there? Really? I think people give goal scorers the benefit of the doubt when it comes to individual awards. So if Kane yeah, but, wins the Golden Boot, it would make sense that people looking at the game would be like, "Oh, he had the best tournament." Yeah, and for me, I just think that's, Even, that's if wrong. it's right or wrong, that's what people do. Yeah, well, um, well, screw pe- pe- people then. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. For me, I think like the guys in contention. Are definitely um, as remaining Coutinho, Modric. Yeah, I keep on forgetting this guy. I think it's Graham Quist, basically the Swedish def- def- defender. He's been amazing. It, okay, is, is Uruguay too good of a team to have like a standout player from? Oh it? my gosh, Godin has been Godin. amazing. Okay. Godin has been amazing. Like, um, like basically, if Uruguay were to, were to win the World Cup, Godin would be 
easily get, get the golden ball. Like he's been amazing. all right. Last question. We're not gonna answer this. FG, I'm sorry. Um, thoughts on Cristiano to Juventus. And if he does go, then what do you think of the front four of CR7, Dybala, Douglas Costa, and Higuain? Would they be favorites to win the Champions League next season? I don't know, man. I haven't thought anything about club football in like three weeks. So <laughs> why start now? Uh, <laughs> we will answer that question and more when the World Cup is over. All right. So, yeah, this has been the Talking Tactics podcast. Um, hopefully we get some really good quarterfinal matches. You can follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics, Facebook, Instagram um at talking tactics follow us on soundcloud if you're listening there hit the hearts like the podcast share the podcast with your friends um or anyone you think would would enjoy it subscribe on itunes if you haven't already drop us a five-star review and we'll read it on the show um yeah you can follow me at dan's look half hope is at half hope, half hope, hope where can the people find you on youtube half hope football host man type it in you'll get me bro carl was on the um totally football show i think is what's called so go check them out i guess he'll be back sometime so yeah sometimes funny sometimes serious always football la 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 sports social podcast network